This episode is supported by Jimdo.com, the amazingly simple way to build a beautiful and professional website for your business or your personal projects. Show your photography and style and build your website for free. If you want to upgrade, save 20% on your first year with the pro and business packages with discount code FUTURE at Jimdo.com slash FUTURE. That's J-I-M-D-O dot com slash FUTURE and use checkout code FUTURE. The future of photography. Good morning, Adrian. How are you doing today? I'm very well, sir. And how are you? I am absolutely brilliant because um, we're pre-recording this, and the, when this airs, I probably have just returned from a, a, a trip on a ship, uh, a passage from Norway to Svalbard, which is. I'm, I'm totally looking forward to that. It's not a photo okay. tour. It's just a, it's just a, well, it's a passage. <laughs> it's, I'll probably even have to do some work on the ship, but it's. I'm looking forward to that. So that's that. That has happened while. Um, oh, we're getting into time travel territory again. Podcast time travel territory. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I brought you a new topic. And it, as I promised last episode, this one is something that people can touch and play with. Uh, because it's part of the future of photography that's already here. We're talking about stabilization and hyperlapse. You've heard of hyperlapse, haven't you? I have, yes. I, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on it and I haven't tried it, but I have heard of it. So let, let's talk about stabilization um, in general. And stabilization, of course, refers to uh, getting pictures while moving the camera or keeping the camera more stable and if you, if you look at how this whole thing came about um, if you want to take a photo of something without camera shake you'll have to resort to just basic things like a short shutter speed for example so you can't expose for half a second uh, with a handheld camera and expect it to be uh, all tech sharp so a shorter shutter speed a thousandth of a second and uh, you can handle the shot easily um, there are other ways to get uh, stable photos and of course tripod is a very natural thing to use uh, <laughs> there's you... nothing natural about having three legs <laughs> <laughs> no no it's not I, it's I, not i don't i don't like tripods <laughs> well they they are they are i, I have a I have a love hate relationship with tripods because on the one hand yeah they are something to lug around and they're heavy and one of my mottos is, and I, I blatantly stole this from my friend John, is the world is my tripod. So um, <laughs> the, if you have a fixed reference point, if you lean against something or put the camera on a rock or, um, well, on a monopod or something, that is something that makes the picture more stable. And a tripod is more cumbersome. But I've, I've learned to love tripods for things like landscape photography because you compose the photo and then you have to wait for the light to be right and during that time the tripod pretty much is your memory it remembers your composition because it keeps the camera in exactly the same point and yeah no i i know they can be useful what i don't like is carrying them around so <laughs> well there's really light ones and travel travelable ones and so anyway so it's something that holds the camera uh, of course there are ways to to stabilize your camera when when you shoot handheld and uh, the simple thing, again, is lean against something. Or if you sit, put your elbows on the table so you kind of borrow some of the stability of the table in your photography. 
Um, there's a simple thing. If you, if you shoot with a camera that has a viewfinder, as in a thing that you put your eye towards, uh, as opposed to the display on the back for composition, uh, the moment you have a viewfinder, you have a touch point. The camera touches your eyebrow and that gives you stability. Believe it or not, that is not that uh, it's, it's not, it's not a small effect either. Um, and then of course uh, there are other, uh, stabilizers, especially from the movie world. You, you definitely have heard of Steadicam, which is a yeah. mechanical stabilizer. At least originally it was a, a, a thing that a, a cameraman would put a harness on and that thing would then hook to that harness and it have, have an arm with several joints and, and springs and stuff that kind of keeps the camera steady while the cameraman can, and a camera woman can run around and move, um, so that it decouples that motion from the camera person to to the camera, and then uh, one thing I've seen, I've come, become aware of maybe ten years ago, are gyro-based stabilizers. Just imagine you have a, a fast spinning weight, a round cylindrical weight that spins really fast, um, and it's hard to move that, right? Because that's what a gyroscope is. It kind of keeps that thing oriented in in space. And there are camera stabilization systems that have three gyros at three different axes and the X, Y, and Z axis. They are quite heavy. They are pretty much like you mount the camera on top of them and they spin at, the last thing I read was like twenty to 50,000 revolutions Whoa. a minute. Wow. Okay. And you, you, but they, they give you amazing stability. Uh, they are, for example, being used to film and shoot from helicopters that have a lot of vibration. So that's some stabilization right there. Mm, and then, yeah. then, then we get into other stabilization, like, um, video cameras have had for a long time the on sensor stabilization. The sensor is fixed. It doesn't move, but what the camera does is it doesn't use the full sensor to shoot video, but only part of the sensor, a smaller crop, and it moves that according to how the camera moves. So it counters that motion by 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 moving that that virtual window on the sensor around. And yeah, for, that's. I mean, the, the latest GoPros do that quite significantly, don't they? They shoot in some in four K, but right. they they only deliver something like two point seven K because you know, and and that's what enables them to to really crunch that video electronically mm-hmm. uh, to to remove any jiggling. And of course, to do that, the cameras have sensors on board, um, acceleration sensors, the pretty much the same stuff that is in our mobile phones now. And they, so the camera knows when it's moving and it can counter that by moving that window. Um, there are optical stabilizers that often work inside the lens. So you would have, you would have some gyro, something that senses the motion. IMUs, I think that's what they call them, the inertial motion unit or something, um, that, that will sense that motion. And then you'd have a, a lens inside your, a single lens inside that big lens um, that you put in your camera and that element would move uh, being actuated by motors and little piezo or something motors uh, to counter that motion. That's pretty much optical image stabilization, the way it works. Um, And then there's also sensor-based optical stabilization, 
which, uh, for example, Olympus is quite quite uh, known for now uh, with their five-axis stabilization. Others are doing it too now, where the sensor moves and it moves uh, up and down, left and right, and they also add rotation. So they can counter if you rotate the camera, which happens fairly easily by pressing the shutter button. Often photographers, when they press it too fast, they kind of rotate the camera a bit. Mm. Um, I will, we'll, we'll put a link in the, in the show notes to a little brand to brand or brand by brand guide to image stabilization to see how different uh, camera brands do it. Um, optical image stabilization has now even made its way into smartphones. Often it's a combination of optical and electronic. Uh, so they have this moving window and optical stabilization. And of course, again, this is IMU based. This is the, 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 the gyro in the, in the smartphone that then tells the camera, oh, the phone has moved a bit to the left. You have to correct a bit to the right. Yeah, so I, those the gyros or those motion sensors in smartphones are fascinating things because they're largely electronic, aren't they? Rather than, you know, I I have a, a you know a thing that says uh, yeah in my brain a mental image of something enormous where you know, you 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 lean to one side and a ball rolls down a hill a little bit and then the camera measures how far it's rolled and then can correct for it and I know that's not <laughs> anywhere well, close to what happens inside a phone the way but they're, they're the they are electronic i think aren't they well the way yes they are the, the way gyros used to work is that uh you'd have three spinning discs in in a in an enclosure uh, pretty much sim similar to those gyro based stabilizers you have three spinning discs um in the x y and z axis and those spinning discs that, that are kept spinning by motors um will if they if they are if they are suspended in a, in a in a special cage they will keep their orientation no matter what the orientation of the things around them is and uh airplanes used to use those uh, ships used to use those spacecraft used to use those probably still a lot of them up there that use this kind of an inertial uh system and then they they have become electronic and they have become miniaturized and cheap dirt cheap which, which is why a phone can now why you can have a spirit level in a phone and it's really really precise yeah because yeah. you have these little things i think the way they work is they're like, like little tuning forks that that move back and forth and if you uh like like silicon based miniaturized tuning forks and they are kept at a vibrating at a frequency and then you move them and that changes that vibration and that gives them anyway something like that I'm, I'm not an expert in that but i've read that at least the er, early ones kind of work like that uh, now okay. let's get into hyperlapse because that kind of takes this whole thing to a to a new level um hyperlapse what is a hyperlapse the the, the term hyperlapse first of all refers to a time lapse but with a uh, a fast moving camera. So normally when you think hyper, when you think time lapse, it's either the camera's on a tripod and you point it at a plant that's growing and you shoot that shoot several frames a day over months and then you have this yeah. this flower. We have, we've all seen these. Right? Cityscapes are a, a popular one. Or as cityscapes, well, they? construction day, day sites. That sort of, yeah. Yeah, that sort of that thing, kind yeah. of stuff. So that's mm -hmm. that would be the classical time lapse. And then time lapse has evolved a bit over the last years with the availability of sliders. So you have a a sliding th a thing that a, 
a track pretty much that the camera slides on and you motorize that and then you take a picture and between the individual photos you just move that a tiny little bit with a little uh, motor mm -hmm. and then you move it move it move it so you have a, a camera doing uh dolly motion while uh while you take a time lapse and I, I've, that I've makes it more interesting those. Yeah, I've I've been tempted by getting one of those. Actually, I haven't done yet. I tell you, the closest I have got though is to shooting a time lapse with, um, uh, with, with just just a, a digital camera. In my mm -hmm. case, a sixteen megapixel digital camera. I think I have, um, and then uh, in to, to turn it into the time lapse video, taking it down to a straight HD ten eighty p view. Um, which of course is, is far fewer pixels. And then you can use keyframing to provide the illusion of movement of the camera. Okay, let's take a quick moment to hear a word from this week's sponsor, who are Jimdo.com. Jimdo is the one-stop shop for you to build your website, no matter if it's for your business, uh, for a personal project or a blog, or even your photo portfolio. And uh, it's very, very, very simple to use. Here's how you do it. Step one, you sign up and choose one of their professional designs. Lots of different layouts to choose from. Step two, upload your photographs, your videos, Videos, any other content that you might want to have and step three well there is no step three uh, that's it it's very very straightforward to use and you can do it all from your computer or your smartphone or your tablet because they have ios and android apps that let you build and manage your entire website while you're writing about You could add an online shop or a blog or a super stunning photo gallery and your website will look amazing on all kinds of screens, on your computer, tablet, smartphone, whatever it is, without you having to do anything special at all. Also, all Jimdo sites have search engine optimization built in from the ground up and Google loves that so your content will be much easier to find. Last but not least, let's not forget about the price. Very important, of course. You can build a free Jimdo site and you can keep that free site as long as you want. That's right. Then if you do want to customize your domain name or you want a custom email address, a couple more features, then Jimdo Pro package comes in at just five euros a month and that's roughly half the price of major competitors and not just that jimdo has also cut a special deal for all of you who are listening to this show if you use the code future on checkout you get 20% off your first year of jimdo pro or jimdo business packages go to jimdo.com future to find out more about that and to get that 20% off uh, that's j-i-m-d-o.com future Use the offer code FUTURE on checkout for Jimdo Pro or Jimdo Business to get your 20%. Jimdo.com slash future. Thank you for the support. Which is you're not moving the camera, you're moving the, the crop in the frame. And yeah, that, that's right. And that is yes. a very different effect. If you see the, if the camera moves sideways, you, you get a parallax shift that things in the front move faster than things in the background, which gives you this real three-dimensional feeling while just moving that crop is adding some motion but it's not it doesn't feel as real no um, that's a very good point yeah so so sliders with motors or the simple version is and, and people do this actually is put the camera on an egg timer like a an egg timer yeah like a like a round thing that goes bing at the end and you uh you have a camera oh. that then slowly <laughs> rotates while taking a time lapse and you have this motion of the camera um you can even buy egg timer based 
I'd never never considered that actually an egg timer. I mean, I've seen the products that 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 uh, that are specifically for photography. I'm guessing the products that are specifically photography cost a small number of hundreds of dollars, whereas an egg time probably costs about ten dollars. <laughs> and that and that and a bit of tape and a bit of glue, <laughs> and you'll be just just fine. No, but you can you can buy these now. Um, but now we will take it to the next level. Instead of just moving the camera slightly, um, you can do a time lapse by moving the camera. Let's say you point it at the Eiffel Tower and now you drive through the street while pointing that camera at the Eiffel Tower and you take a frame every 100 meters. So if you put those together in, in the post-production, you will end up with... a let's say a cir circling motion around the Eiffel Tower that looks well very shaky because you have the camera in a car and you have you try to get it in the same spot every time but it's a kind of it's kind of, kind of difficult uh, thing to do um unless you use what's called a hyperlapse a product a hyperlapse product and that is an, act an actual piece of software that um i don't even know when exactly it came out a few years ago And it was a product, I think, by Instagram. So, again, traditional video stabilization, you'd have optical stabilization where the lenses move or mechanical stabilization by using a steady cam with springs and things or a gyro-based gimbal system. But that's all not practical. Um, but what is practical is, is you have a phone in your pocket And that phone has these IMUs built in. So it knows its orientation. It knows how it's being moved. And you also have a pretty capable camera in those systems these days. And then what you can do is um, what these hyperlapse folks have done. They have thrown those two pieces of information together. Now, in traditional digital stabilization, let's say you shoot something with your camera and it's quite shaky, it's video. Uh, if you put this in some video production software, Final Cut Pro or Premiere, for example, um, there's always a little button, that, a little checkbox you can enable to stabilize the video. What do they do in, in these traditional systems? They would visually analyze the video frames, right? They would go through frame by frame and try to find out what is the major motion in that thing. And, and then they would uh, change those individual frames and skew them and rotate them and zoom them to counteract what you had in motion. Um, there are different algorithms there. And the algorithm that these hyperlapse uh, people have uh, come up with is called Cinema. Simply right. Cinema. The Cinema Stabilization algorithm and what they do is uh and then they that's their own claim is we feed gyroscope samples like the imu stuff that i talked about and frames into the stabilizer and obtain a new set of camera orientations as output so they analyze frames and they have information on how the camera was moved and then these camera orientations correspond to a smooth synthetic camera motion with all the unwanted kinks and bumps removed So the, okay. the workflow, the workflow for you as a user, this sounds very complicated, but the workflow for you as a user is you take the app, you shoot video, and then you give it a few, and, and you, you point the camera in the general direction of what you want to shoot, of course, while, for example, sitting in a car driving around the, the Eiffel Tower, and then you let it crunch the video, and at the end, you get to choose the speed, like, do you want it sped up, so... 
that uh, that driving around the Eiffel Tower doesn't take, I don't know, 30 minutes. But uh, I think we're going to need a different example here. Have you ever tried driving through Paris? Uh, no. <laughs> let's let's take the Arc de Triomphe, but because you can actually drive around that, there is at least a roundabout. Yeah, yeah. But but then okay, let's say let's say one one circle around it will take you two minutes, and uh, you want this faster, so you just speed it up. That what well, that's the option Hyperlapse will give you. The app will give you. Uh, okay. You shoot the video, you let it crunch the video, and then you uh, just select the speed and save it and then it's a video and it's amazingly stable it's really amazingly stable and again the way they do this is they they take this imu information the orientation and acceleration information of the phone and and the actual frames and they combine this in some auto magical way and create a synthetic camera that then will count like a virtual camera that looks at this footage and will counteract all the kinks and bumps and i've used this i have used this in for example in ethiopia when we uh, did a tour there and we were off-roading because <laughs> many places there are no roads so you have to go straight through the desert and it's a bumpy ride and i've used this to shoot out of the straight out ahead of the window if you've ever tried this with your regular video camera or your smartphone this is unusable usually you should see some of the video i have from bhutan inside the bus (laughs) (laughs) so had you used hyperlapse it would have uh smoothed it out massively not perfect but really really well and uh the hyperlapse software is still available um for ios it's available um you uh can there's a there's Okay, there's the Instagram version of Hyperlapse, and then there's a Microsoft version of Hyperlapse under the same name, which is also uh, available for Android. So iOS, Instagram Hyperlapse, Microsoft Hyperlapse for Android, which is not quite as polished, but uh, in its result, but it's it's uh, it's still pretty good. It only does visual stabilization, so it doesn't do the IMU-based stabilization. Um, if you are on iOS and you use Hyperlapse, it I think it initially starts off with a lowered, slightly lowered frame rate, uh, a slightly lowered resolution. I think it's at 20, 720p initially. Um, and the reason for that is because uh, it, it has to not just uh, un- not just use the IMU data to unshake the footage. It will also have to to do what the old DV cameras and the old video cameras used to do, the the only uh, digital stabilization, the moving of that virtual window on the sensor. And by keeping that a bit smaller, they can do it more effectively. But then there's a secret menu in Instagram's hyperlapse, which... A secret <laughs> menu? Oh, okay. Well, it used to be a double tap with two fingers. Oh, just on the screen, double tap with two fingers. And when, right. once, once people found out about this, um, they try to hide it away again. To, <laughs> to un- you, can, you can unlock like 1080p in there, more more resolution. Uh, I think you can change the quality in there as well. So they changed it to a triple tap with three fingers, which then, again, a lot of people just did and they try to hide it a bit better so now it's a quadruple tap with four fingers <laughs> okay you will so, run out of fingers at one point so so i have to tap the screen four times with all four fingers okay all right yeah, that's it and then you can you can set those settings um i i encourage everyone to play with it it's a fun thing 
to okay i will with. go do that actually because that sounds like it could be fun yes it, it i've not i've not is. played with that now it, of course one interesting thing that's ha that has happened since is the the advent of 360 degree cameras cameras that do uh a, a, a spherical uh video and i believe that if over time we will see interesting things with stabilization there because that you can now move that virtual window around 360 degrees anywhere so that will definitely change things and we will uh, in a future episode we'll talk about this uh, for sure that's that sounds interesting because yeah they, they those cameras are definitely going on the rise aren't they but i was just thinking how do you oversample a, a, a sphere <laughs> you can't that's the interesting Cause you thing because you're recording everything so so but it's but all in, in there but you could um but you but given that in any one viewing system for this spherical video you can't well without uh you know overlaying it on a on a, a two-dimensional uh, landscape you can't actually view it all at once can you so i could imagine that there could be some clever playback technology uh where but yeah you know, if you've got your your virtual reality headset on where it actually would yeah it would it would take account of the shifting of the of the camera as it was shooting um, mm -hmm. and just play it back to you in a clever way so that that would have to be so that you'd need some fairly sophisticated uh <laughs> real-time processing to do that of course but uh, oh, we're on the way there definitely this is this is all coming um so what does this mean for the future of photography the big question and uh, i i think i think it's it's a really this one is a relatively simple one um first of all less specialized equipment needed for stable things um th this enables a kind of time-lapse that wasn't really easily possible before people did it's hyperlapses. very creative well p and people did hyperlapses before that that software was available by meticulously staking out from which point to shoot where to put a tripod take a single shot drive a bit stop the car do another shot and so people used to do these things before at least um, a certain kind of hyperlapses and uh, with this software, now you don't need specialized equipment anymore. You you have it in your pocket. You don't need uh, a lot of skill to do it other than pointing the camera in the right direction, trying to keep one thing in frame. Um, and I believe that, that there will just be more photos and video from even more impossible situations, from even uh, more implausible seeming places and <laughs> that is i think uh again a, a creative it's a it's a creative improvement it's a creative uh an, another tool in the creative toolbox absolutely yeah I, it, there, there's definitely something so we we uh we talked uh, a couple of shows ago about uh body cameras um and the consequences for things like law enforcement and, and evidence you know mm -hmm. if we can get better stabilization of that kind of footage um you know that uh, put, put hyperlapse in all of them oh uh, well that would certainly do, change i mean i remember when we talked about this in the um oh, which episode was this da, 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 18 when we talked about this um one of the one of the big problems was the shakiness of the footage and that would that would register with viewers as something different than actually happened 
like like yeah. this one policeman where 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 the, the policeman was dancing with another guy and <laughs> uh, and the that way was you funny. <laughs> it was funny but the way you interpreted that shakiness was that they were not dancing they were fighting and uh, if that was stabilized i think it would have been pretty clear pretty early in the process that this was a uh, this was not fighting but dancing yeah absolutely so there's i can definitely see applications for, for this there and then there's the then there's the uh, the blending of my love for lots of cups of coffee in the morning with my inability <laughs> to take steady photographs in the afternoon i mean yeah there's i've never managed to prove a cause and effect to that but there's definitely a correlation there <laughs> your shakiness well and and as a as a um, as a in air quotes proper photographer with a big DSLR, which I will do and, and which I which I still have, um, it's always easy to look at people who hold up an iPad with two hands in at a, their outstretched arms. And this is not a very this is an in, in, inherently unstable way to shoot a picture um, <laughs> by look, looking at at a display at your outstretched arms. This is not stable. But uh, I, and I have a story attached to that. I have um, I have a relative. I, I I will not name them to protect the uh, the the innocent. <laughs> um, but uh, this this particular relative who is uh, I, I guess late sixties, maybe seventy, and and uh, and currently um, you know enjoying some retirement traveling, um, carries everywhere. The uh, what's the biggest size iPad Pro you can get at the moment? Like fourteen inches oh, or something like that. Oh, the real big one. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. enormous. It's enormous, and that is the primary capture device of choice. <laughs> I don't even know how good the camera in that is, but um, uh, it's I, I don't probably think not it, so, not as good as in the iPhone ten. Pro, no, but maybe as good as my iPhone 6s or something okay. like that. So, so it, it's not going to be bad. Um, but nonetheless, is that thing, isn't it? If a tourist with an enormous iPad standing taking photographs. Well, and stuff, it's something it? easy to to easily smile at. Uh, but hey, they are taking photos. It's a photography thing they're doing. They're just using a different vehicle. And uh, and I think with this kind of technology making its way into smartphones, into tablets. Um, it's it's going to help, especially with with very light things. Like a smartphone isn't that heavy, and some stability cameras cameras get some stability from from their weight, from their That's inertia. That's absolutely true. And, I can uh, shoot with with my Bronica, with my medium format, format which is a six tank. four five, yeah, film camera. It is it is heavy. Uh, it's not big, but it's very heavy. Um, I can shoot fairly steadily down to a fifteenth of a second. Oh, Monica does the same thing with her medium format Pentax six seven, which is a which we call the beast, which is heavy and it's a it's a it's an SLR. Um, so it looks like a proper camera, just much bigger. So she kind of disappears; her head disappears behind the camera when she shoots, and it it she shoots down to a fifteenth of a second handheld with that because it's so heavy. Um, and with a smartphone that just weeks uh, that, that that just uh, weighs a uh, I don't know hundred grams, something along those lines. Yeah, not a lot, is it these days? Not a lot. Uh, it's 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 inherently more in motion than a bigger camera, and uh, the technology making its way into those tiny little things is definitely going to help. So I think it's that's a generally good thing. I'm looking forward to more of that stabilization technology making it into even more devices. 
Absolutely, yes. All right, so the, so the message is, if for those who haven't tried it, go out and try some sort of Hyperlapse app and and have some fun with it. Yes. Excellent. Well, there you go. The call, to, call, call to action for all our listeners for this week. All right. Uh, I think we're at the end. Don't forget to let us know if you're interested in our 2018, late 2018 TFOP meetup. Um, there's a link at tfttf.com slash tfopday, T-F-O-P-D-A-Y. It's also in the show notes. And again, a reminder, we can make a little difference and support us at LibraPay. The link is in the show notes. All right, that's it for this week. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.